I had Logan Paul on my million. podcast. Would Logan do it with me? <laughs> Logan would kick your ass, I think. Mm. You're riding a fantastic wave. How could you not make some mistakes along the way? Think How can you be for small government and then have the government dictate all these things you. in your personal life, exactly. right? You idiots. idiots. You got it completely wrong. Can't you just wake up <laughs> exactly. and stop? Exactly. I was walking down the hallway like a dotted bull with a needle sticking out of my ass. Tell me the five steps to like, to the gates of point where someone like you would say, I want this guy in my life. I want to help this guy. Hey guys, JB here, and welcome to another awesome, awesome episode of The Wolf's Den. I got a really special guest today, a man who is an expert at helping other people, famous people, and just average everyday people, enhance their ability to learn, to essentially make their brain operate a more efficient way, in a way that allows it to remember more, read quicker, and this guy's the real deal. He works with famous celebs, people I know, Will Smith, others, you know, he's the real deal. But before I get there and dive in with him, and so it's definitely worth the price of admission, I wanna just spend a little time here talking about what's going on in your life right now and the state of affairs and really how are you gonna transition yourself back now to living in a world that is essentially back on the move? Is that what we are now? Are we back on move? It's hard to tell sometimes. You know why it's hard for me? Because I never stop moving. Ask anyone who works at my company and they will tell you that for some odd reason, I don't know if it's a glitch in the matrix, but we have been 10 times more productive during the coronavirus than before the coronavirus. It was almost like the coronavirus when it caused everything to stop and I refuse to allow that to make me stop. Like my staff is like, wait a second, like there's like an open pathway here to like just run ahead because the whole world is sitting still. So imagine you're running at a certain speed, you know, you're running at 10 miles an hour and the whole world's running at 10 miles an hour. Well, guess what? Everyone's keeping up with each other, right? What happens when the world stops and you're running 10 miles an hour? It seems like you're going at the speed of light. Remember, time is relative, speed is relative, everything is relative. There's gonna be people who are really slow to getting back into the real world, into the real way of things, where you're moving at the regular, normal speed of everyday life. People are gonna take time to get there. Some people, like me, never stopped. In fact, I accelerated. Am I lying? You look at my guys here, am I lying? Um, no, I got my cameraman. Like he's watching me work harder, more efficiently, launch new businesses. That have, I mean, no, seriously. Like I'm not making this up. I'm not just saying this. I'm, I'm being that serious. Like we literally rocked and rolled like never before because I saw this opportunity to like forge ahead while everyone else was standing still. Guess what? I'm telling you this right now because it's not too late for you. You can still do the same thing. It's not too late. The world is moving very slowly, inching back into reality. People can't seem to shake off these cobwebs. There's still fear everywhere, uncertainty. When are we getting open? What should we do? Should we wear a mask, not wear a fucking mask? I don't give a flying fuck. Honestly, what I do know is this, okay? Is this is a terrible disease that kills people who are old, it kills people who are immune compromised and very, very rarely it kills people who are just, you know, normal everyday people who just get really unlucky. 
And those people who are old, almost all of them had three or four other comorbidities, meaning other things wrong with them that contribute to their death. And that's just terrible. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be heartless because I'm not. You know, I value life. So don't get me wrong here. Don't get me wrong. But when I saw what happened in New York with Governor Cuomo, those of you who don't know who he is, he's the governor of New York, the moves that he made were so idiotically stupid and defied logic on every level. He, he literally locks down the state tight and forces people, old people, who are tested positive for COVID-19 back into the fucking nursing homes and creates a disaster where the, the amount of people that died in New York in nursing homes is astronomical. I believe, and I'm not sure, so don't quote me, it's one of the highest, if not the highest, in the world. Why didn't we just lock down all those people who were old and immune compromised and had comorbidities? And when I say lock them down, I mean in the Taj fucking Mahal, in grand style, feed them champagne if they want, Filet mignon, God knows, dancing girls, hookers even. No, you get the point. You could have taken care of all these people and had their retirements been with white glove service, chauffeur-driven Rolls Royces to their doctor appointments. You could have spent and literally fumigated and, and ultraviolet in the doctor's offices before they got there to make sure they caught nothing along the way. You could have taken care of the people who are our most vulnerable with all the resources that were lost, the money that was lost because of the lockdown. Trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars just evaporated because of the strategy of locking up the healthy. And we could have just kept those people in the grandest of style, style forever, forever. Instead, we blew up our economy, created the most unemployment since the Great Fucking Depression, and the old people who did not deserve to die, died prematurely because they were not protected. That's fucking sad. Even sadder still is if you go back to my early rants, and in fact, I'm gonna clip one in right now. Here's one of my early rants, and you'll see the date on it. Look when I said this. I think this is insane, it's wrong, it's stupid, it's acting out of fear. I think we take this money and we dedicate it towards all the people who are most susceptible, the older people, the immune compromised. Let's take all this money that we're throwing out this fucking out the window here. Let's take that and give these old people. We could give them more beautiful retirements by just protecting them now, having them shelter in place. And yes, some will still catch it and some will die. The same way people die every year of cigarette smoke, for smoking, people die because they drive their cars. They say the sun too long, I'll go on and on. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So I ain't playing Monday morning quarterback and looking backwards that we should have done. No, I said it at the beginning. I said it at the beginning. And I said what would happen at, in, in Sweden, that that was the right way. And by the way, even they are saying now, they're looking and saying, you know, we still should have, we didn't spend enough of our resources protecting the old people. Now they're doing that. I really respect the way they go about things in Sweden. I gotta say, I don't love the, the, the type of economy they have, which is basically socialist in nature. It's capitalism too, but it's not you know, pure capitalism. But I gotta say, the level-headedness and just the perseverance of whoever is running that campaign there to overcome this, this terrible virus, it's a terrible virus, no doubt. They are really, really on the ball. I respect what they do, the way they stay, stick with their, with their convictions and also admit when they made a mistake. 
Today they're saying, you know, we, we didn't that, we could have done better. We could have, we should have basically spent more money, more resources protecting the most vulnerable. And now they are. They speak truth. When the hell are we going to start speaking truth here? You know what I'm talking about? When are people in the press going to stop lying through their teeth for some agenda? I don't even know what the agenda is anymore. It can't just be to get rid of Trump. I mean, come on. Can it be? I don't think so. I don't even think it's that. I, I, I don't, I mean, it's like, it's almost like, I hate to say it's above my pay grade because I don't think anything's above my pay grade. And I don't think you should think that either. Nothing should be above your pay grade. But I wonder, I'm starting to really wonder, what is the agenda? It's agenda. My, my ex-wife saying agenda. Where the fuck are you from? New York? New York? Agenda. What's the agenda? What are people trying to accomplish? I, I mean, I, I, for the life of me, I really can't figure it out. I, is it just mass control to cow people, to get everyone to get vaccinated so there can be chips in it? I don't, I just, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I should be more conspiracy minded. I just don't think that. I just don't think that. I think it's a combination or a confluence of a lot of really sad things that happened. A lot of political pressure, some bad judgments, Neil Douche Ferguson coming up with that multi-million dollar, everyone's gonna die scenario out of the Imperial College in London. This guy has the worst track record ever for predicting things, yet people still listen to his models. Do I think he's evil? No, I really don't actually. I don't know much. I don't know. I'm guessing he's like one of those characters in, in, um, in like the disaster movie. There's one guy who always thinks that the world's gonna come to an end. He's the Henny Penny guy and he really probably believes it. And he thinks he's doing the world a favor. I hope so. I hope he's a good man and just think he's getting it wrong. I hope he's not evil, you know, you know, Machiavellian with Bill Gates about, you know, vaccinations. I see people ask him about Gates. I don't think Bill Gates has any, any negative agenda. Maybe I'm wrong. I think he believes in what he's doing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's Thanos. He thinks half the world should die. Seriously, people think that. I don't. I just don't think that. I, I think he just believes that this is the way of things. Although it is ironic for a man that, you know, couldn't tackle viruses in Windows 95 and 98 is trying to get rid of viruses today in the real world. But hey, you know, that's just a coincidence, I think. Um, but I, I will tell you that I, I still struggle and I wonder what the agenda is right now because I can't understand why the world is not open fully at this point. And the people who are dying from this and being hurt the most, the old, the young, compromised, comorbidities, why aren't they being looked after? Why isn't the resources pouring in that direction? I'd be so upset if my mother caught this and died. I'd be devastated. You know, thankfully she's being careful and she has money and she could afford to stay alone and everything, but, but I don't know. I just don't understand it. But I do know one thing, that while I can't control the decisions that are being made on a global level about who should go where and what should do whom and to what and when we should open, I know one thing, I can control my own actions. I can control how I go about using this crisis as an opportunity to essentially build my business, but not in a way that hurts others. So I don't say it's an opportunity to try to get over, no. As an opportunity to advance my own life, the people that work with me, my partners, my employees, the people I love to take care of them, I can use this paralysis by analysis right now and paralysis by fear. I can use all of that to my advantage to run really fast and have that 
speed that I'm running at be magnified times 10 because everyone else is standing still and moving backwards. I got a PPP loan. That was great. Got a nice big loan. What did I do? I went out and hired everyone back and then more people. How about that? There's one person I haven't hired back yet. I was about to call tonight to hire him. Last person I hired, but I hired other people as well. I'm creating jobs. That's what it's supposed to be for, right? But for me, I don't look at it like that. Just to me, it's like, I just, I mean, I just want to like, so it's not creating jobs, it's creating opportunity for people to create more value and we can then essentially deliver that value to others and make money. That's what business is all about. What are you doing? What are you doing in your life right now? Like, do you understand like, you know, life is about delivering value. Whether you work for someone else or you own your own company, either way, you're creating value that ultimately gets delivered to a person, a corporation, it's a service, a product, whatever it might be, and you make money as a result of that. There's no reason to stop. The world is stopped. Thank God people are finally playing golf again. At least I can relish that out my window. I see the golf course, right? Great. The businesses are mostly closed. It's time for you to start taking massive action. Don't, enough. Just stop with the nonsense of the world is stopped. It's my time to take a break and take stock. Fuck that. It's time for you to take massive action. And the man who's on my podcast today is an expert in helping people just be more effective at whatever they do. Because at the end of the day, the brain is the most powerful weapon you have for creation. It's the most powerful tool, weapon, whatever you want to call it. And this man shows you how to use it more effectively. And the stuff he teaches works. And it's easy. His name is Jim Quick. So with that, let's take a very short break here. We'll check in with our sponsors, namely me. And then we'll get to Jim Quick. It's one of the best interviews I've ever done. This is a perfect time now to take a brief pause here and I'm gonna give everybody here a gift. I'm gonna give everybody here free access to the introduction and the first training module to the formalized straight line certification program. This is a system that I sell for $5,000 here to individuals, to large corporations, medium-sized corporations as well, right? It's a very robust interactive training with quizzes and exams. It's ultimately a diploma-based course that changes people's lives. But I figure what I'll do, there's like 12 or 13 modules, but I'm going to give everybody, a, this is not one of those free things where I say, and you have to enter your credit card, and I hope you don't then forget to cancel. No, no, no. I'm talking, I'm talking really free. I'm going to just simply give you a link and you sign up for it and you get access to the introduction and the first training module, which is the five core elements of the straight line, cracking the code for sales and influence. This alone will change your existence. We're just understanding what has to go into getting someone to buy from you. And again, there's no obligation. You're not putting a credit card in. Um, you have to just enter your information here. And then after you're done, once you've gone through this, if you want to keep going, then we can have a conversation about you picking up with the rest of the train. But this first part of it is free. My gift to you. All right. Let me give you the link. The link is jordanbelfort.com. Simple, right? Slash 
Bonus, B-O-N-U-S. So after you're done listening to this podcast, go to jordanbelfort.com slash, that's a forward slash bonus, B-O-N-U-S, and you'll be on a page. You enter your information, and that will give you access to this incredibly robust training. You can get the introduction and the first module, which includes the quizzes, the exercises. And I promise you that when you're done with this first module, you are going to be blown away. There are a lot of jobs going to automation. They're going to artificial intelligence. And what makes us valuable in the marketplace is our ability to think. You know, when I think about Limitless, the subtitle is Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, Unlock Your Exceptional Life. I believe the limitless resource on planet Earth is human potential, human capital, right? There is no limit to your your ability to be creative. There's no limit to our imagination. There's no limit to human determination. There's no limit to our ability to solve problems. And that's really our, our worth. All right, so with that, we got Jim Quick here. I'm a huge fan of Jim because his focus is on the single most important part of your body, namely your brain. Now, obviously we need a heart, we need lungs and everything else, but seriously, without a brain, there's a lot of people like that are kind of brainless out there and Jim can help you. But Jim, seriously, you're known as the guy that actually really helps people um, harness the power of their own brain, right? That's what you do basically, right? We, we, we do. And that's, I believe, the number one wealth building asset that we have is our brain. The challenge is our brain doesn't come with an owner's manual. It's not user friendly, which is which is why I wrote this this book. I feel like no longer today, you know this, we're not paid. This, it's not like the turn of the 20th century where it was muscle power, you know, industrial age, agriculture age. It's mind power. It's not brute strength. It's brain strength. And the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. So my superpower is showing people how to learn anything faster, any subject, any skill, so that they could turn knowledge into profit. Let me ask you a question. So there's different parts of this. There's native intelligence. Can you make someone smarter? And then there's learning, right? Which is sort of, you know, taking the intelligence you have and you can find people that really aren't natively intelligent, but through hard work and repetition have mastered strategies and then have been able to perform at even higher levels than those who are actually innately smart. So what percentage of this is about what you're born with and what you actually master as you go along? Yeah, I mean, this is the, the age-old question. Is it, is it nature or is it, is it nurture? And, you know, we, we know that the, you know, that that phrase that's commonly used in performance, that um, that hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. And what we, when it comes to human memory, the research suggests about one third. One third is genetic and biological. Two thirds is our lifestyle. It's how we take care of it. And that there's no such thing as necessarily good or bad memory, but there's a trained memory and an untrained memory. And I do believe two of the most costly words in business are I forgot. I forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot that meeting. I forgot that conversation. You know, I forgot that inf product information. I forgot that person's name. Every single time you say those words or think those words, you lose trust, you lose credibility, you lose time, you know, you could lose a sale. And, uh, and so the, I believe memory could actually make you money. And it's a trainable skill, regardless of our age or background or education level or financial situation or gender history, IQ, everybody can learn how to do these things. So, um, like, name your book, which is a great book by Limitless, right? Yeah. In the movie, we see how 
Bradley Cooper, who has no money, can't finish a book, yeah. takes this pill, he becomes a super genius. In that case, it's all pure intellect here. But because of that, he's able to then become fabulously wealthy and powerful because the power of his brain allows him to master trading strategies and all sorts of other things and you know spot trends in markets and whatnot. So is the stuff that you do, is it about directly making money or is it really just for anything like whatever you're doing in your life whether you're a mom raising your kid whether you're a ceo trying to build a company you know the skills that you teach basically apply to everything yeah Which is and i know you, i know you have fans and followers globally from all walks of life and so this is for anyone who has a brain and it literally is because the challenge is it's it's one of those things where you know we are paid all even before what's going on in the world, there are a lot of jobs going to automation, they're going to artificial intelligence, and what makes us valuable in the marketplace is our ability to think. You know, when I think about Limitless, the subtitle is Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, Unlock Your Exceptional Life. I believe the limitless resource on planet Earth is human potential, human capital, right? There's no limit to your, your ability to be creative. There's no limit to our imagination. There's no limit to human determination. There's no limit to our ability to solve problems. And that's really our, our worth because that those things aren't going to be outsourced to a machine. And I, and I love what you said about, you know, forecasting and seeing patterns. I believe the definition of a genius, it's not necessarily just IQ, this static number. It's, it's relative to context, right? Einstein could have been have a really high IQ, but if his car broke down, he might not know how to fix it. It's always dependent on the, on the situation. And, um, and, but we know that intel intelligence is not fixed, it's fluid, that people can make gains in those areas. And, and I think it's so important to not only be mentally intelligent, in the book I teach you strategies to learn, you know, to be able to learn languages, remember names, give a TED talk from memory. I train a lot of Hollywood actors. Will Smith did the cover blurb saying, Jim Quick knows how to get the maximum out of me as a human being. Teach them how to memorize their lines, just like a salesperson would need to memorize their scripts or sure. product information or, or remember people's names. Sure. And so everybody can benefit. I, I love working with performers, um, especially entrepreneurs, because they invest in themselves. They know more for their raise to be effective. They have to be effective, you know, and so they invest and in, they know for their business or brand to grow, they need to grow. And I think the most important thing is that their brain grows. More people upgrade their phones and their apps than they do their most important thing, which is their right. mind. So before we start getting specific here on your strategies, tell me just broadly speaking, how this differs from NLP, where like that's, you know, the idea that your brain doesn't come with an owner's manual. That's like something that I've, you know, it's a, it's a philosophy that it, that runs throughout NLP and Dr. Bandler, right? Um, but this is not like NLP, is it? It's very different. No. Or is, I, it, like, or is it like NLP? I mean, I, I, what I focus on in this book is accelerated learning. I believe if there's one skill to master in the 21st century, it's our ability to learn faster because mm -hmm. the only constant is change and our ability to adapt, our ability to, uh, to apply is so important now more than ever. And so my goal for everybody, let, let's say that uh, if there was a genie and a genie could grant you any one wish, but just one wish, everyone would ask for limitless wishes, right? That would mm. be the hack. And if I was your learning genie and I could grant you any one learning wish, help you become a master in any subject or any skill, one skill or one subject, 
what would the equivalent be of asking for limitless wishes? I believe it would be learning how to learn. Because if you could learn how to learn, you could grant all your learning wishes. You could apply it towards money, management, marketing, martial arts, music, Mandarin. Everything gets easier in your life because you've learned how to learn. And the half-life information, you know this, is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. That A college graduate now, I read, is going to have anywhere from 8 to 14 different careers because the world is changing. Industries are going, you know, being born or, or destroyed, you know, seemingly overnight. And so, you know, there's a lot of these, these idea where people like um, Eric Ries, who wrote Lean Startup, says the only way to win is to learn faster than anyone else, right? And people, learners, the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. And here's the thing, in school, they teach you what to learn, but not how to learn. They teach you right. subjects like math, history, science, right? But they don't teach you how to learn those things. So I wrote Limitless as a manual on accelerated learning, really this area called meta-learning. Meta-learning is learning how to learn. And I think it's, you know, you have that, you give you know, somebody an idea, you can enrich their life, but you teach them how to learn and they can enrich their own life over and over So again. is this um, about modeling or it's basically, okay, yeah, modeling is great. Let me show you how to model and actually succeed at it. What's the distinction between so, modeling so this? No, this is great. I mean, uh, role modeling is wonderful. I do believe genius leaves clues that there's always a method behind the magic. Um, when I speak at events, uh, that um, I, 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 I do these memory demonstrations where I'll have maybe 100 people in an audience stand up and choose themselves to everybody else, and I'll memorize all their names. Right. Or they'll give me 100 numbers, words, I'll memorize forwards and backwards. But I always tell people, I'm not doing this to impress you. I'm doing this to express to you what's possible because the truth is, Everybody listening to this could do that and a lot more. We just weren't taught. If anything, we were taught a lie. And when I say lie, I mean a lie is an acronym. And I use a lot of alliteration and then mnemonics to help people remember things. A lie for me is a limited idea entertained. Limited idea entertained. It's not necessarily true that you're too stupid or that you're too old or that you're not capable, but all those behaviors become belief driven. So I could teach somebody a method on how to learn a language or remember someone's name or remember a, a TED talk or sales script on video. But if your belief is I have a horrible memory, that's your mindset, or I'm not capable or I'm too stupid, you're not going to be able to get the result because your brain is like a supercomputer and your self talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering people's names. You will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer sure. not to. So this is not, um, what I'm doing is teaching people tangible strategies on how to read faster so that they save more time because I believe leaders are readers. I, I'm, I'm teaching people strategies on how to focus and concentrate so to get more done. I'm teaching people creative, uh, critical thinking skills, uh, divergent thinking so they can solve problems and, and teaching people how to upgrade their memory because, you know, when we forget things, we, we lose out. So it's funny you said about languages, right? So about six months ago, I didn't speak any Spanish at all. I met a girl who didn't speak any English, thought she was fabulous, right? And um, she said, well, we really can't go out because, you know, you don't speak Spanish. I don't speak English. I said, no, no, it's fine. I'll master the Spanish language. Give me five or six days and I'll be fluent. And I went out went out literally within five or six days and became reasonably fluent within two weeks. I was fully fluent in the language, right? And my strategy was very different than people like, well, how'd you do? Did you use like Duolingo? Do you use any? I said, no. You know what I did? I'll tell you what I did. 
I literally said, what are the 5,000 most common verbs, nouns, and adjectives? I memorized every single one of them because I have a very, very, you know, photographic memory. Like, but I, I, for things like that, I can just remember massive amounts of information, right? Then I read a book on grammar, all the grammar rules, and I just watched TV with subtitles and spa like Spanish with sp subtitles, you get it? And literally within five or six days, and now, I mean, I'm really, I am speak Spanish really well, but I, I assume that's probably not a strategy that's duplicatable among other people. So how would you go about, yeah. tell me how you would teach someone to, that's like a, probably the worst way to do it. Yeah. Just the brute, I'm like the brute force computer that's trying to like shove in the, the cards, the punch cards, and you probably have some like, you know, advanced way that's like so much more elegant, right? So let's well, go through that. There, there's certainly brain hacks to learn any anything, facts, figures, formulas, foreign languages faster. And, you know, I mean, you having this incredible memory, it, it's, it has served you, you know, in life, right? Yes. It's totally. Because it's a, it's a force multiplier because when you're, you have a great memory, everything in your life, there were, you could put the same amount of input as somebody else, but you'll get more rewards from it because you're just more mentally fit. For me, it's about, there's two things that drive, and you know, we, we spoke about this before we started, like what drives my ability to succeed? And it's really two things. One is, a, is an incredibly robust memory, but also it's the ability to instantly recall and serve up from the different parts of my brain to make one cohesive thought. In other words, it's not so much that I have the stored information, it's my, it's my ability to serve it up in a way linguistically that's very compelling. So it's those two strategies together, right? But for someone that doesn't, you're right, some of this is like you're, you're blessed with an ability, right? But I don't think that really matters. I don't. I don't think if you lack the ability, it has. You can learn it. There's like you can go to someone like you, right? And you can actually get the probably even better where I am in terms of memory. But what's the strategy? Tell us the secret. Yeah. Don't, give away, don't give away all your secrets, but I want like. A, <laughs> so let's give us an idea of what this really yeah. entails. Well, let's let's go into let's let's go into human memory. All right, because again, it's it is a multiplier, makes everything in your life better. You know, when you could remember things, you could remember the things that you need to do. You could remember lessons in your life. You could remember, you know, numbers and, and financial projections. I mean, it, it makes everything easier in your life. And so, there are a number of keys to learn any subject or skill faster. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a number of them. So, here are four keys to learning any subject or skill faster. And again, memory is, is important. I wrote the chapter on memory; it's the largest chapter in the book in Greece because I found out the goddess of memory, her children were the nine muses, art, science, literature. And it's kind of interesting that the mother of art, science, and literature is memory, right? And I wanted to know not only the latest neuroscience, you know, applied towards accelerated learning and cognitive performance, but also what did people do before there were printing presses? What did people do before there were computers? How did they recall things? And I, I pulled up all ancient wisdom. Yeah, ancient wisdom also as well, and their strategies, because not everybody is born just like physically. Everyone was born a little bit different. Everybody has their 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 strengths and such. But the good thing to know is that everybody can also improve. You know, sure. some people have a predilection to be able to to mass. They have their pattern recognition, and they could be able to create wealth. And also, you could you could also teach it. I mean, certainly it's easier for somebody who has those natural natural talents. Yeah. So here, 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 here are four things. I want everyone to remember fast, F-A-S-T, because I believe we're in a world of speed, right? We need to be able to catch up, keep up, be able to get ahead. We have to outlearn everybody else, outthink everyone else, outfly everybody else. So F-A-S-T, the F, if you want to learn any subject or skill better, let's say it's sales or marketing or something. First thing I would recommend, F, forget. Forget what you currently know about the subject, because how are you going to learn something new if you feel like you know it already? 
right? A lot of people I'm sure that come to you feel like, oh, I, well, I've been in this business for 30 years. I have 30 years of experience. But when you look into it, they really only have one year experience that they've repeated for a few decades. Do you know what I mean? And they're, but they're so closed minded and your mind is like a parachute, it only works when it's open. So forget about what you know so you can empty your cup because how are you gonna learn something potentially new? Because there could be new methods of doing these things, right? And then also forget about distractions because the key to human memory is really attention. The art of memory is the art of attention. People blame their retention, but it's them paying attention. And a lot of people forget things. And what I'm saying is forget about what's distracting you, meaning that if you want to learn something and you're listening to, you're watching this movie with the subtitles or you're looking at those 5,000 words, right? They're most important. When thoughts come into your mind, don't fight them because what you resist persists, just like in sales, right? But just write it down. If something comes in your mind about, oh, I got to call this person, just write it down so you can release it, right? Because you cannot multitask. Multitask is it's been proven for, for the majority of the population, which is most people, that we can't co- spend time cognitively putting our attention at two different places or more. We think we're multitasking, but in actuality, we're actually task switching. We're going from one task to another. But what it costs you is number one, mistakes. Number two, time. It could take anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes to regain your focus. And so I would say forget about it. It's really funny you said that, by the way. I just want to interrupt you because when I I wrote my book, one of the the first book, and it was very tough for me, I never wrote before, I made it a point I'll never write for less than a four-hour block of time. I can't write for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Either I'm going to write for four hours and block that off because I know there's like this ramp up period to get into writing mode and digging deeper and deeper. Right. So this is, I think yours is like a sort of a hyper, hyper, you know, momentary to moment to moment, you know, really extension of that idea that, you know, basically you can only do really one thing at a time. And you're saying even within those four hours, moment to moment, I'm constantly being distracted by other thoughts that are coming into my mind because, you know, you don't control your inner monologue, right? So the idea is not to fight that inner monologue, but to simply take the things that are interrupting your core task, write them down. So you're not dismissing them, but just writing them down, letting them essentially download so you can go back to focusing on what you need to focus on, right? Absolutely. So forget about what you know about the subject. So you could be, you know, you could potentially learn something new about marketing or investing or, or, you know, management and negotiation, and then forget about distractions and then forget about, you know, what's possible because we don't know what's possible. We always underestimate, you know, limitless. This book is not about being perfect. It's about progressing beyond what you believe is presently possible. So you forget about those things. Now, if you want to learn something faster and remember it better, The A in fast stands for you need to act. You need to act. A lot of people, there's a big lie, a limited idea entertained that knowledge is power. And it is just knowing something doesn't make you better off than somebody else, but acting on that knowledge certainly does. Mm -hmm. And so I believe knowledge at best is potential power, but applied knowledge becomes real power. That you want to act with thought and then think with action in mind, right? But the challenge is 20th century education really taught us to be passive. It's like sit quietly by yourself and just be lectured to. And the human brain doesn't learn through consumption. It learns mm-hmm. through creativity and, sure. and, and creation. And so I would say you need to be active because learning is not a spectator sport, just like life is not a spectator sport. So people can't simply listen to a podcast or just read a book. They have to be thinking, how can I act on this, right? right. And, they could, and simple things they could do is like take notes. 
So a lot of people, there's a learning curve, but people don't realize there's a forgetting curve that within 48 hours, 48 hours, two days of learning something, up to 80% of it is gone, you know, into the ether. And so being active is asking questions. Being active is, is taking notes. And I have a very specific way of taking notes, you know, for me, and I, I like handwriting notes because we, they've done studies on, I love digitizing things because it's convenient. It stores information, you can share it easier. But it, when it comes to learning something, when you handwrite notes, you know, when you type, you could, you could type pretty fast, you know, and keep up with the speaker or the educator. But when you, you have to write it, you can't write that fast. So it forces you to step out and say, what's important here? How am I going to use this? How does this relate to what I already know? It forces you to think, right? So I like handwriting notes. And specifically, I'll take a piece of paper, and I suggest everyone take notes when they're listening to the show, put a line down the page, and on the left side, you're capturing on the right side, you're creating. And this is how you can be more active. On the left side, you're capturing information. So you're writing how to remember names, how to speed read, how to be able to change your habits, the stuff we're talking about in this podcast, you can capture it. And on the right side, you're being creative. So instead of you getting distracted, I'd rather you write your impressions of what you're capturing. And so it's like, how am I gonna use this? Why must I use this? How does this relate to what I already know? When am I gonna apply it, right? Have your mind go there. So on the left side, you're capturing, you're note taking. On the right side, you're creating, you're note making. And so that's one way of being more active. And is so- it, Yeah, is that like somewhere like about the theory behind spaced repetition learning where you learn then do, learn then do. So there's the best thing to do is to learn a skill and then act on that, actually try to apply that skill and practice it, then go back and learn some more and then practice. Is that the same thing yeah. or a bit different than that? No, it, I mean, it, it goes along the same line because if you need, if you're losing 80% of what you've learned just one time, then having space repetition will help you to learn a language, will help you to learn facts. You have, a lot of people are being disrupted right now with their careers, their, their business, and they have to learn new subjects and learn new skills. It helps to be able to learn something and then review it an hour later. You know what also will help you besides that is A is active, the S is state. And if you, you know, we know the power of state, that people are not logical, right? They, they do not buy logically, they buy emotionally. The key to a long-term memory is this, information by itself is forgettable, but information combined with emotion becomes more of a long-term memory. Right, just, everyone remembers where they were when the towers came down and 9-11, exactly. JFK. Um, let me ask you this, um, in terms of when you say, you know, 80% of it is lost to the ether, is, is that true or is it, is it still in the subconscious mind or is it actually just lost or does it, does that knowledge and experience exist in the deeper recesses of your memory or simply you, or it's impossible to access it once it's, access it once it's gone? Yeah, the research is kind of interesting on, on this. And so I would say that consciously it's, it's certainly not there. People can't recall all that information. It's something I call the six second syndrome. It's like you learn something like somebody's name, you have six seconds to do something with it, to be able to store it in some way. Otherwise it could be, it could be gone, but they have done studies where they'll, they'll do brain stimulation. Exactly. So they would do it exactly right. So with with people that had epilepsy or, or Parkinson's disease and they were trying to um, find parts of the brain that were damaged. They noticed they would stimulate certain portions of the person's cortex. That person would have the most vivid memory as if they were actually back in that spot. It was really, it was preserved somewhere in that, in that subconscious mind. 
to the point where they could remember, uh, you know, driving on a family trip and they could read signs, you know. Smell, everything, exactly. It was as if they were actually there, yeah. And that was in, I remember, um, I learned that back in college, believe it or not, many, it was even, that was known years, you know, 30 years ago, yeah. that, you know, that the actual memories are really still there. You can access them consciously, correct? But I guess we use those to make sense of the world. They form our patterns, right? And the sort of, the map of the world that we use to navigate. So it makes up our gut reactions and all our intuitions and versus the actual conscious forethought when you actually, you know, it's this conscious mind on the logic side. Let me ask you one question here. When I teach sales to people, I always say, listen, I'm not saying that I could make you as good as me if you're the worst salesperson in the world. What I'm saying is I can make you competent enough so that your inability to sell will not be what holds you back in life. In other words, I'm not saying you're going to become Michael Jordan of selling or the Roger Federer of selling, but what I will do is make it so it's not your inability to close that holds you back from getting what you want in life. Is that what you're saying with men? Like, you might, I'm not saying I'm going to turn you into the greatest memory freak in the world, but what I can promise you is that if you've been struggling right now in life or business because of your inability to remember or focus or learn quickly, I can certainly get you proficient enough so that if you don't succeed, it won't be that, that held you back basically is that the story yeah that is that that's very accurate it's similar to somebody who wanted to be healthy you know all of us have a different genetic potential and you know but we know that if we help somebody regardless of where they're at if they if they prioritize their sleep if they move every day if they do some meditation if they eat good foods that everybody could advance in some mm-hmm. areas certainly, certainly some people have an advantage in some in other areas because the truth is not everybody is is equal not everybody the, if people are willing not everybody has the same education. Not everybody has the same genetics. Not everybody has the same income. Not everybody has the same network, everything else. But, but I do believe that we have, you know, this unused potential, but we're just not shown really how to access it. And one of the ways of accessing a long-term memory is by adding feelings to something because we're not logical, we're biological. You think sure. about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, we're this chemical soup. And even like, even the poets know it. Maya Angelou says, you know, People will forget what you say. They'll forget what you did. They'll always, though, remember how you made them feel. And so when you tie emotion to something, that's why. And you know, when it comes to sales, it's kind of interesting. You know, now that I think about it, it's like physics. There are three variables in physics. There is frequency, there is duration, and there is intensity. So frequency, if you want to build a muscle, you could do a lot of frequent uh, reps, right? Or you could go to the gym more often. Or duration, you could spend a little more time in that Pilates class or spend more time on that treadmill. Or you could also make it so intense that you mm. could you could get results through intensity. Same thing with marketing and sales, right? Sales could be frequency, you know, over and over, lots and lots of calls, lots and lots of advertising, right? Frequent. Mm-hmm. Or it could be duration, long sales video or longer presentations. Or your marketing or your sales could really touch an emotion and make it so vivid and t- tied sure. to a value that it's so intense that you don't need the frequency as much and the duration because the problem with frequency and duration is it takes time. It takes time to do repetitions. It takes time for longer duration. But when something's intense, same thing with your memory. When instead of repeating something frequently, a sales script or a TED talk or a sales video, you know, like um, lines that you need to be able to memorize or do it in longer study periods, if you make it intense, meaning you make it emotional, you make it vivid, you you add, you know, use, you do certain things to stack it, it's so intense, you can't forget it. Just like what you said, 
like just like with 9-11 or JFK or or even, I mean, how many people have a song they can listen to and it can take them back when they're a teenager? You know, that's an emotion. Or smell, especially. I find smells to be the oh, most Oh, smell is the number you. one. Smell is the number one hack to your memory because as a hunter, you know, you had to smell, you know, food that's rotten or poison or something like that. And here, here's a, a memory hack. We know that when people are tested in their memory, if they are tested on what where they studied the information originally, they'll have better recall. So for example, they'll submerge people underwater, give them a list of words to memorize. They'll take them out and give them a breathing apparatus, obviously. When they come out of the water, they'll test how many words they remember. They'll put them back underwater, test them. In which environment do they remember more? Underwater. Because unconsciously, talk about subconscious, non-conscious, mm. the environment got tagged and triggers the, the, the information. So how can you use it? How can you use this? You know, it's, if you have to give a sales presentation, obviously it's great to be able to study in the area that you're giving the presentation. If you're giving a Broadway, you train a lot of Broadway performers to be able to practice and study, you know, on stage because that context gives you the content. But often you can't do that. So what do you do? You could bring the environment in with you through your sense of smell. So what if you are studying and, and you had a unique lip balm or bubble gum or or a, a essential oil and then when you need to perform that you wear that same cologne or that same perfume or that same yeah. and you're more likely to remember it because that's the same. i teach that yeah i teach that stuff in, in in anchoring for sales for a state of certainty we use something called boom boom and you you link this smell so you wait till you close a really great sale when you're in a state of absolute certainty then you take that smell right after you close then you start to link the smell to that great feeling you get after you close so you don't try to recreate it in your mind because i always found it to be sort of you know you probably been through that stuff the nlp stuff i'm sure you've been through like the anchoring stuff and they say you know imagine try to recreate it in your mind visually and i find that while that can get you somewhere the most effective way to get someone to anchor in a state of certainty is wait till you're actually in that state organically and then you introduce the sense of smell why have you know to recreate it's one thing but to actually wait till you close hill and you're like yes and you have that incredible rush of euphoria and real emotion and then you anchor in with the smell i've had tremendous success helping people anchor like that what are your thoughts on that no Makes that's sense, right yeah, absolutely. So you can anchor it with that sense of smell. Even if people are watching this on video, you did a physical movement and you can anchor it that way also as well. Right. You could always get triggered that way because your brain, your memory is based on these triggers and reminders all the time. So the S in FAST stands for state. And just know that we are in control of our state because here's the thing. What's the state we learned things back in school? What was the primary emotion most people Maybe felt? Passive. <laughs> right. It's a boredom and passivity. Yeah. Right. And so boredom on a scale of zero to 10 is zero. And information times emotion becomes a long-term memory. If the emotion is boredom or zero, anything times zero is zero. And so you wonder why you forgot the periodic table and all the stuff that we've learned in board states. And the same thing applies towards sales or anything else. And then finally, the T in fast, F is forget, A is being active, S is state. And the T to learn anything faster and remember it is to learn with the intention of teaching. Teach. Because when you learn- I always say that too. I Absolutely. always say it, until you teach something, you never really know it. 
Yeah, until exactly. You teach it. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So if you listen to this podcast, you listen to your training with the intention of teaching your team or teaching your, your significant other or teaching your kids or whatever, you're going to learn it much better because you're going to focus better, right? You're going to take better notes. You're going to ask questions and it becomes yours if you need to be able to be able to do it. So when you teach it, you get to learn it twice. So why not learn with the intention? Sure. Of teaching? And I think this is also really why you find that people can have insanely great memories for things they're passionate about. Why? Because when they were trying to learn about them, they weren't bored. They were excited. They yeah. were interested. They were engaged. So when, we, when we're trying to study something that we're engaged with, we love this topic. Like for me, believe it or not, I still remember the Krebs cycle and the electron transport chain and wow. all these wackadoodle things like glycolysis. And I could still see all the molecules in my head because I just found it to be really interesting, like how the human body worked. Like to me, the way, you know, I'm, I have a degree in biochemistry. And to me, it was just the most interesting thing i never monetized it i became you know a business person salesman right but i always was fascinated by that so i have this incredible amount of memory stored like that that you would seem as how could he possibly remember what we learned in in college and junior high school even right and then again also the same thing goes with um like current events these are things that always really interested me and i found to be fascinating Yet I will forget my car keys nineteen times, and you know I can't. Where's my sunglasses? Where's this? Where's that? And and I and I reason I think I do that somewhat is because I know there's someone else that can find them for me, and I and I don't want to clutter my brain with useless information. So it's sure. almost a strategy of of streamlining the things I have to remember. I only want to remember what's important that matters to me, and if I can delegate something out, I don't you know mean that in elitist scumbag fashion. But I'm just talking about it rationally. I think it's kind of what's going on. What are your yeah, thoughts? I that. I think the most important, I mean, when it comes to your focus and your priorities, I believe that in sales and life and learning, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing. And so you're focusing on things that are most important that's in your wheelhouse that nobody else could do. And then you could delegate, you know, every, everything else going back to like your background in science that probably set a pattern or a scaffolding in your mind because success, there's a science to success. Right. And so you're applying you're applying that same pattern recognition and formulas, scientific method towards, you know, towards the with economics, towards the economic models and paradigms and everything. And so, you know, all those things matter. Going back to state, I mean, how much, you know, how you feel and being interested in those things. How, I mean, how do you you learn Spanish very quickly? How much do you think also besides your strategy of you know, strategically looking at the 80-20 rule and look focusing on the words that are most used, which is more intelligent than just, you know, randomly picking words. Besides your strategies that you use, what the state that you're in, you're you're incentivized, you're motivated because you know <laughs> the power of pussy. No, I'd say so you're attracted to somebody <laughs> and that elevates and we know people will learn languages, you know, more based on full of total immersion, like going to that country, but also falling in love with somebody or being attracted to somebody raises the emotion and then it's, it helps you to store the information. Also, what I quickly found, speaking of strategy, is that when I went through these courses, I'm like, that's not how people actually speak. When I'm watching movies and I'm saying, wait a second, they're not using any of the words that I'm being taught. And then when they say, okay, no, you don't have to worry about the imperfect past tense or the future tense because that's advanced. But then I can't construct a sentence unless I can use future, past, 
and the word should, would, could, unless you, like, the certain thing, in reality, the way they, I found the way they teach languages does not allow you to speak the language. Yeah, you could learn some random words and construct some artificial sentences, but I remember like that, you know, if I wanted to look at my, my girlfriend, like, you know, that we met, if I didn't know the words would, could, should, want, like there's all this really interesting stuff. So it's more about like, you know, what is the, 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 the real way, what is the, the actual usable strategy, not the sort of strategy that like it's sort of, and, and I guess why would they do that though? Why would they teach yeah. a language in a way that doesn't, allow you to speak what is there must be some logic behind that or some method to the madness so to speak or maybe not what do you think yeah I, I think this applies towards a lot of different subjects that we don't question we just do it because we we're taught it and then they were taught it and they were taught it before that and so here's the thing like this book primarily was a book on all methodology chapters on speed reading chapters on uh, learning study focus concentration critical thinking and then I asked myself this question. I said, okay, we're upgrading everyone's learning methods. Will uh, Before I turned it into my publisher, I said, will 100% of the people read this book get the results they were hoping for? And my honest answer was no. And it was hard to be able to reconcile. And I was like, okay, what's missing here? And here's the thing. This is what I call the limitless model. And you'll appreciate this because this is not only a framework for accelerated learning, it's a framework for unlocking human potential. And let me get very scientific on, on this. There are three keys that you have to liberate, three areas that you need to liberate in order to be able to achieve your goals and potential. So let's make this a little, little interactive for people who are listening. I want everybody to think of an area of their life where they feel stuck, all right? It could be in their career, their income, their business, their physical health, their relationship, what area are you not making progress where you feel like you're in a box, right? Like for example, when people see me do these mental feats, they don't know that, most of them don't know that I grew up with learning difficulties, that I had a brain injury when I was five years old, head trauma, and I had slow processing problems. You know, I had pro focus, I couldn't remember, it took me three years longer than everybody else in class to learn how to read. When I was nine, a cl the class was, I was, I was slowing them all down and the teacher pointed to me and said, from the whole class, that's the boy with the broken brain. And that label became my limit, it put me in that box. So what area of somebody's life who's listening, you feel like you're in a box. Now that box is three dimensional, right? So there are three forces that keep you in that box and these are the same three forces that will liberate you out of the box. So you can apply it towards sales, marketing, income, like investments, physical health, anything, all right? So think about that area where you're not making progress and you just don't know why. Here are the three forces. And I want everyone to draw three circles on a piece of paper. And these are three, make these uh, circles intersect. So they all cross over each other, like a Venn diagram. A Venn diagram, three circles like Mickey Mouse, two ears that intersect, cross over a little bit, and then a face that intersects also with those two circles. So you have three circles. These are the three forces. The first circle is your mindset. And even if you can't write it down, imagine it. And even if you can't imagine it, imagine you can imagine it. So the first circle is your mindset. And how I'm defining mindset are your attitudes and assumptions about something. It could be your attitudes and assumptions about the world. It could be your attitudes and assumptions about what's going on right now with you know, the world. It could be your attitudes and assumptions about the economy. It could be your attitudes and assumptions about yourself. What would fall in this circle are things like what you believe is possible. What would fall in this circle, what you believe you're capable of. Because you could, somebody could believe it's possible to do this, but they mm -hmm. might not believe they could do it. 
right? What would fall in the circle is what they believe they deserve, right? And so that would be your your mindset. Now, I could teach someone the methods in this book on, I, I think the number one, one of the most important business etiquette networking skills there is, is the ability to remember someone's name. Because how are you going to show somebody you're going to care for their business, their future, their finances, their family, their whatever you're offering them if you don't care enough just to remember them, right? But I could teach them a three-point strategy on how to remember names and the methods because that's the third circle, yeah. three, three M's. The third circle, the first one's mindset. The third is method. So I could teach them the method on how to do that. But if their mindset is, I'm too stupid, I have a horrible memory, then they're still going to be stuck in that box even if they have the methods. They could have the method for sales or the method for marketing or negotiating, but if their mindset is, I don't deserve it because of something that you know their parents taught them or something like that, or money is the root of all evil, whatever it happens to be, then they're not, that's how they believe the world works. They can't get out of that box. Mm-hmm. The second M is motivation, motivation. And there's, there's a lot of misconceptions, just like their lies. I, I document in the book, it's really three books in one, mindset, motivation, and methods. Now, there are lies I talk about in the mindset, seven lies to learning and, and human achievement. And one of the, the an example of lie is that intelligence is fixed. When we know it's not, that you don't just take a test when you're seven and that's your potential when you're 77, right? And I look up the research and I show them how to install a new belief, a process I call unlimiting, the active removal of limits in your life in these three areas, right? Another lie in your mindset is that a genius is born when we know genius is built, right? Another lie is that we use 10% of our brain because it's popularized in movies and television shows. And we actually use all of our brain, just like we use all of our body, right? But some people, if they need to hike up, you know, a, a big hill or something like that, if they're physically fit, they could do it with ease, you know, effortless because they are physically fit. And just like somebody else, you know, that that's not physically fit, it, it's going to be harder for them. And so we still use 100% of our brain, we use 100% of our body, but that's a lie that we use only 10%. So a lie in motivation is something like, oh, in, in order to be motivated, and motivation is just fleeting, it just comes and goes. But that's like going to a seminar, getting all excited, saying, okay, I'm gonna start prospect, I'm gonna limit, I'm start doing this, 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 and the next day, nothing happens. That's not true motivation, it's, it's like, you know, a warm bath. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. the Jim Rohn, whoever talks about it, it just cools down, you have to heat it up. True motivation is where you don't even have to enjoy the activity. You know, I, I have a friend I was talking to who gets up at 4.30 in the morning, every morning, and works out, right? Every morning, never missed it in years. You could say this person's motivated. And I asked him, I was like, I'm just curious. Do you enjoy waking up so early? Sounds like Jocko, that guy, Jocko. Is it Jocko? Yeah, someone, like, someone like Jocko. Is it Jocko? No, it's not. He does it every, 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 and I'd be curious to ask him the same question because here I'm looking for patterns. I'm looking at scientific method. I'm like, where's the exception? And I'm like, do you enjoy waking up at 4 30? Because most people don't. And he's like, no, I don't enjoy it. I'm not a morning person. I'm like, okay, but then you must enjoy working out. That's why you get up so early. He's like, no, actually. He enjoys the out. way it makes him feel afterwards. I hate working out even more than I enjoy waking up in the morning. But this person is fully motivated. And so you don't have to enjoy that activity necessarily. I'd say bring the joy if you're yeah. going to you know, read. And- he enjoys the way it makes him feel afterwards. And, exactly. and, 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 and he has, you know, what you've trained yourself as a success-oriented person to be able to delay your gratification, to do things that might not feel good in the short term to get what you want. And here in the 
not the long term, but the right afterwards. There's been a lot of people, they, they can't do that. It's incredible, right? Exactly. And a lot of people won't do that for their business or brand, just like they won't do it for their brain because they want that immediate gratification because, you know, and, and people get upset. They make excuses, but you cannot be upset at the results you're not getting from the work you're not doing. Right. And so same thing with your, and, but you got to be, we know with your body, same, same thing with your brain, same thing with your business is you have to feed your business until it feeds you back. Right. Sure. You have to do the, the, the things that people won't do so you can live a life other people you know, can't even imagine. Because in the beginning of a business, you're grossly underpaid. But then after you, know, you do it right and work intelligently, do it the right way, and then all of a sudden you're overpaid you know, for it. And then the thing, same thing with your brains, the consistency yeah. is important. So I have a formula for consistent motivation. It's a three-part formula. And you like, I know you like formulas. P times E times S3. This is the key for sustainable motivation. You mentioned Limitless, you know, the movie, the television show, Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro. He took a pill and he went zero to hero, right? He had incredible focus. He has this eidetic memory. He has, he's able to read faster, learn languages and, 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 and focus. He had this surge of motivation. Everything mm -hmm. I talk about in the book, how to do. The, the forward is actually written by Dr. Mark Hyman, who is a head of functional medicine at Cleveland Clinic. He says, there is no genius pill but Jim gives you the process for unlocking your best brain and your brightest future. So there's no pill, but there is a process. There's no magic pill to make money, but there are processes for doing it. So that. what is P times E times yeah. S? So, so here we go. Let's, let's we, use this. Let's do a thought experiment. Let's say everybody listening together, we're going to make the ultimate motivated human being. All right. What are the ingredients? I found three must have ingredients. The first is P, which is purpose. So you don't have to enjoy, okay. I figured that one. <laughs> right, so the evidence that somebody is motivated, you know this from all the coaching you do and the people that you surround yourself with, somebody could say they're motivated, but unless they're doing it, they're not motivated, right? right. People could say, I feel motivated, but if they're not doing the action, that they're not, they're not motivated. So P is purpose. So you need to feel that purpose. And that's the feeling going back to, you know, like, why are you doing what you do? Start with why Simon Sinek, right? But the important thing is, is you can't know it up here in your head. You have to feel it in your heart, the benefits that come from following through and the right. consequences, the pain of not. So find your purpose. Now I said, okay, let's do this thought experiment. If someone just has a big enough purpose, will they always be motivated? And I was like, no, they're missing the E. You must have E, which is energy. Meaning somebody could say, let's take working out. They could say, oh, I'm gonna, be I'm gonna be motivated to work out and they could feel the reasons and the benefit of the workout and looking better and living longer. But maybe they have a newborn and they haven't slept in three nights. Maybe they're so freaked out what's going on in the world. They have so much anxiety that they're not sleeping. They're not gonna be as motivated if they sure. have not have energy. Maybe they wanna, they're, they wanna be motivated to study or to read. They learn leaders or readers, right? You have decades of experience put into a book. You can download decades into days. They're like, okay, I wanna read 45 minutes a day but they ate a big processed meal and they're in a food coma, they're not gonna be motivated, right? So energy. So in the book, I talk about the 10 keys for brain energy, right? The best brain foods, how to optimize your sleep, how to do everything for your brain. Then I said, okay, finally, if you have just, if you have feel the purpose and you have unlimited, boundless, limitless energy, will you always be motivated? And I was like, no, you're missing S3, small, simple step. Because here's the thing, a lot of people, their goals or their dreams are so big. I want to create the next billion dollar online empire. I want to have the perfect six pack physique. I want to meet my soulmate and live happily ever after. That's way too big. And so if your thing is too big, it's too intimidating or it's unclear, a confused mind doesn't do anything. Just like in sales, confused mind doesn't do anything. So how you find your small, simple step 
is you ask yourself this question, what is the tiniest action I could take that can be progress towards this goal where I can't fail? What's the tiniest action I could take to give me progress towards this goal where I can't fail? So maybe it's not working out an hour a day. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to put on my running shoes. That's a small, simple step. Maybe it's not reading an hour a day. Maybe it's, I'm just going to open the book or read two lines, right? How can you break it down to where it requires very little energy and very little effort? So that's S3. Now, here's the magic that comes from this framework. The last M, you have mindset what you believe is possible. You have the, the motivation, which is your purpose, energy, small steps. The methods are is so important because there a lot of things have, you know this over, over decades, you know, the economy has changed. There are new methods for sales. There are new methods for investing. There's new methods. You have to be always learning. Just like that, there's methods for learning that are so much better than what we were taught. Rote repetition or sub-vocalization or regression, all these bad habits we picked up in school and really the, the nature of what I do in Limitless is help people unlearn these bad habits to get out of their own way and teach them methods for reading three times faster and understanding more. And the reason why I mentioned the reading part is because they estimate the average person spends about four or five hours a day processing information. You think about business plans, contracts, prospectus, books, media, you know, social media, four or five hours a day. If you could just double your reading speed and cut that four hours a day into two hours a day, what two hours a day over the course of a year? You know, or, or even one hour a day over the course of years, 365 hours, how many 40-hour work weeks is that? Nine. More than nine weeks of productivity you get by saving one hour a day. Two months you get back by doing something better, ubiquitous like reading. Now, here's the magic. Three M's. Mindset, motivation, and methods. Where mindset crosses over with motivation, that shared space is inspiration. Now, there are mindset experts, mindset books, a great book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. There are motivational experts, motivational speakers, motivational books. Where they cross over, you have inspiration because there are motivation, inspirational speakers, inspirational books, inspirational movies, right? Because it changes your mindset and gives you some motivation, but you don't know what to do because you lack the methods. So you're inspired, but what do I do? Now, where mindset crosses over with methods, you believe it's possible in your mind, and in your mind, you know what to do, the methods, right. but you lack the motivation, that's ideation. And you know in business, ideas are cheap. There's so many ideas, right? And so that's ideation, just stays in your head because you lack motivation. Finally, where motivation crosses over with methods, you have purpose and energy and drive, and you know what to do, methods. That third I, inspiration, ideation, the third I is implementation implementation but you're still gonna be stuck in that box because even if you're motivated and you know the methods to use you're still stuck in that box because you're only gonna be able to achieve what you believe is possible what you believe you're capable of what you believe you deserve and now the sweet spot is in the middle where all three I's connect or all four all three M's connect that middle spot is a fourth I which is integration integration like integer or integral it means you're whole that's just who you are. That's a limitless state. And that's the promise of the book. So when someone's reading your book, um, is there one specific thing that you think is like the one that the, there's one thing in your book, like just like that it's a must apply to everybody. What would that be? What was that? What's that one skill? I know you teach a bunch of stuff yeah. that all enhances learning you know, your ability to uh, memorize, but if there's one thing, what would it be? Would it be the ability to read 
quicker? Is that is that your really something that just like such a crucial thing? It, it it is because it's a meta skill. It's the one thing that makes everything easier. Like I wanted to make this book the most read book of twenty of of uh, uh, that people buy because most buying a book is different than reading a book. It's two different. A lot of people are really good at buying books and they sit on your shelf and it becomes shelf help, not self help, right? So some people are really good at buying it, but people are poor at reading it. Why? Because reading is a skill and it's something that's taught. But when's the last time you took a class called reading? How old are right. you? Seven years old. So most people are still reading like they're seven years old. So that's the one? Well, here's the thing. And so when people buy the book, they go to like limitlessbook.com. I give them a 10-day audio video course on speed reading and memory because I want when the book arrives for everyone to read that book. Just like Lord of the Rings, there's this phrase in Lord of the Rings that's saying this is the, uh, the one ring to rule them all. Right, the one ring to rule them all. This is the one book to learn them all. Got the it. One book to learn books. This book will teach you how to learn all the other books. So how? Okay, obviously Amazon, right? Amazon.com, right? Where else in bookstores? Well, will bookstores right open now? now? <laughs> yeah, right now it's a limitless book. The book just came out. Limitlessbook.com. When people buy it there, there's links all around the world for you to buy right there conveniently. And then when you submit the receipt, you get instant access to the 10 day quick start program, which will teach you how to unravel your negative beliefs, teach you how to tap your motivation right. drive, and teach you the basics of speed reading, memory, focus. So when the book arrives, and then we do a book club for everybody after they receive it. And we there's four sections. I take people through the hero's journey of the book, like literally Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And we spend one week per section on each on a lie. Like we're on Zoom and I go through, I show people how to read it, how to remember it and how to apply it. And then we do a Excellent. bonus chapter of Limitless for Kids and Limitless for Teams. So whether you have a team of three or 300, how to build learning organizations and apply the limitless model to raise the collective intelligence of your people. Because right. you know this, human capital is the largest line item and most people are disengaged. And the faster your organization can learn and apply, the faster you could, you could earn. Brilliant. All right, everyone, Jim Quick, what a man. Wow. I, I got to say, I've had a lot of guests on my podcast. And I, I think in terms of just value, what you have to offer people and the impact that your learnings could have on anyone's lives is just really at the very, very top of the heap. So thank you I, I, for I, I coming on. I appreciate you, Jordan. Can I give everybody one thing they can do right now? Sure. One challenge, a small, simple step. Remember the importance of one consistency compounds. Little by little, little becomes a lot. Remember I said by teaching it, you learn it better. I would challenge everybody listening to this to take a screenshot of your show right now. Tag Jordan, tag myself at Jim Quick, post it online and share your big aha. One thing you got out of this conversation, because when you teach it to your fans and your followers, your friends and family, you're going to learn it better and you make it more integrated in you. And what I'll do is I'll repost some of my favorites and I'll actually gift a copy of the book to to one random person also as well for doing that. Brilliant. Excellent. All right, everyone, Jim Quick, what a guy. Um, share this podcast with your friends, really. Anyone you know, put this out that people need to see. This. this is a very special one. I love you all. Another great week in the Wolf's Den. Take care. Thanks, Jim, for coming. Bye-bye.